what I want you to do right now is this. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles in the New Testament to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3 through 8. Now, Colossians, you just need to turn in your Bible. Of course, it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And we're going to start a new series today, uh, basically looking at our life with Christ. That's what this whole book is about. Paul is looking for you and I to understand the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And I thought that this would be a good series for us to look at, good letter for us to examine over the next few months as we try to understand that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8 today. Now, one of the reasons why we need to look at this is because we're facing really a difficult situation in our world today. Not just in our world, because when we look at our world, we've got the pandemic, we've got you know, wars and rumors of wars, threats, we've got economic downturn, we've got whatever else is going on that's happening around us. But when we talk about the threats to you and I, we're not talking about that per se, but we're talking about threats to you spiritually, threats to us within our own church. And they're very real. And they can have devastating consequences. And in some ways, we are, can I say it, we're already feeling the effects of it right now. So what I want you and I to focus on right now is the problem. There's a problem that you and I are facing right now. There's a problem that's very real to the church. And, and this is kind of what Colossians is trying to do. It's trying to address certain problems that are facing the church that haven't changed, to be very honest with you. While the specific problems the Colossians were facing were real to them, and we may not necessarily face them in that particular form, we face them even in a broader sense today, and we need to look at it. So let's talk about the problem that we're looking at. There's two things I want you to see here. First of all, we face a continual onslaught of falsehoods concerning our salvation. You and I are bombarded each day with someone trying to twist what it means for you to be a believer in Jesus Christ. They're trying to twist your view of yourself as a believer or what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And so there is a continual onslaught out there of what is going on and what is happening. In fact, what's happened in our world today is, is that we've been bombarded so much with these different viewpoints that we all think that they're all correct. And that, can I be honest with you? Here's one. Doctrine doesn't matter anymore. Doctrine doesn't matter. All that matters is that you love Jesus. Now, loving Jesus is important, but doctrine does matter, and we know that it matters because Paul continually talks about in his letters, as well as the other writers of the New Testament, that you need to be sure of your doctrine, be sure of the faith that you have. Because there are people out there that will tell you and twist things about who Jesus is, 
who God the Father is, who the Spirit is. There are people who are out there who will twist what it means to be saved. There will be people out there who will subtly say, this is what you have to do as a believer. If you were a believer, here's one of the ones that I always hear every once in a while, you wouldn't vote that way. Well, my voting has nothing to do with my salvation. The way you vote has nothing to do with your salvation. Did you understand what I'm saying? Your salvation goes beyond that. Now, your, your salvation should guide the way you vote, but it has nothing to do with you being a believer or not. It's the same thing is true in other areas. Where you go, where you don't go, what you touch, what you don't touch. We're going to talk about those things when we go through Colossians. The reality is, is that you and I are constantly bombarded with an onslaught of things that are really falsehoods concerning our salvation. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Embracing any of these falsehoods makes our faith meaningless. Embracing any of these falsehoods makes our faith meaningless. See, here's what faith is. Faith is belief and trust in Jesus Christ alone. It's belief and trust that he came among us, we just celebrated his virgin birth, came among us, led a sinless life, was perfect, was God, fully God, fully man, went to the cross, taken as a common criminal and crucified as a criminal when he did nothing, buried, rose again on the third day, now sits on the right hand of the Father. He has given us salvation. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, not because of what we have done, but because what he has done. But here's the problem. When you embrace any of these falsehoods, any of these beliefs, for instance, that you have to do something in order to attain salvation. For some folks, it's the reality that you have to worship on a certain day. So for some folks, and, and this is wrong, you have to worship and keep the law on Saturday. For some folks, is you have to be baptized again. Some folks deny the reality of the Trinity. All of these things will ultimately affect your faith and your trust in God. And the reality is, is that this is the problem we're facing. And here's the difficulty. And, and I've thought about this long ago, because, you know, here I am, I'm 54 years old. I've been a believer since 1985. So it's going to be 36 years this year. Our church culture has shifted. I can remember 36 years ago, when the typical person in church had a basic understanding of the truths of Scripture and the flow of the Bible. But if you talk to the typical person today, they don't know that for themselves. Oh, they'll say, well, you know, I think this is in the Bible or I think that's in the Bible. Well, the problem is, is so we've got this where we don't know what the Scripture teaches anymore for ourselves and we've got these falsehoods around us, it's going to affect your faith. And folks, this is what the letter to Colossians is about. It's about a group of people who, to be very honest with you, Paul never was in Colossae. 
This was a church that started out of another church that he started. Some believers from there went to Colossae in Asia Minor and started this church. And he is concerned for them because they've allowed themselves to be influenced. They've allowed themselves to be distracted from what is truly true Christianity. And let me just go ahead and say this. Christianity is not the worship time. Although that's great and we need it. And especially when we are gathered together because we definitely need to be gathered together. And that's the one thing that we're missing right now is being with each other. But that's not what Christianity is. Jesus didn't die for one hour, folks. Jesus died to reestablish the relationship that you and I can have with God. That's reality. So let's talk about it. we got to get back to how do we begin. So I think we go to the starting point, which is what we're going to see here in a moment in this passage. A starting point to realize what is really most important for you and I. A starting point of understanding really the basics of our faith and the foundation that we have. And we're going to see it really at the beginning of his letter here with a prayer. Paul always, in most of his letters, begins with a prayer of thanksgiving and a petition for the people that he is praying for. And so we're going to look at part of that prayer today and reflect on really the starting point of where you and I need to rest on. Look, it's not based upon what you're doing. It's not based upon who you are. It's not based upon any of that. It's based upon Jesus and his love for you and what he's done for you. And that's the starting point. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to focus on verses 3 through eight. So let's read together. We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ, Jesus, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is faithful, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this prayer that Paul is uttering here, his prayer of thanksgiving and remembrance of them, and we're going to break it down into two parts for us to consider today. We're going to focus, first of all, in verses 3 and 4 on the basics. We're going to see what the basics of Christianity is, the basics. And then we're going to see the foundation that you and I have, verses 5 through 8. So let's look at this together. Let's first of all, let's start with verses 3 and 4. Here's what he says. We give thanks to God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Now, I just want to show two things that are basics. And if you remember, one of the verses I gave you this week was 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And it mentioned faith, hope, and love. And the most important of those three is love. Now look, when we talk about the basics here, you're going to see two of them mentioned. Here's the first one. Their faith in Jesus Christ was evident to all. Their faith in Jesus Christ was evident to all. Now, here's what I want you to understand. When we talk about faith, we are not talking about just a belief. You can believe something and that not affect your life. But we're talking about a trust and a belief that is reflected in the way that you live your life. How do you know? How did Paul know and why was he so thankful for their faith? Because it was evident to all people around them. People around them could see their faith because it affected the way that they lived their lives. It affected their decisions. It affected how they carried themselves. This is the true reality of faith. Faith is evidenced in life. And that's what we're going to see here. So the first basic thing that you need to grasp is this. The first basic thing that you and I need to understand about our Christian lives is, is our faith in Christ. Our trust in him. Our commitment to him in spite of all things. That's the first thing that's evident. That's the basic thing that it comes down to. It's not how you dress, it's not where you go or don't go, it's not what you do and do, it's your faith. And that's more than just simple belief. I meet people all the time that tell me to believe in God, but that doesn't affect them. But what we're talking about is a faith that affects you who you are because it changes you. And we're going to see that it changes you here in a little bit. Here's the second thing. Their love for other believers was evident to all. Their love for other believers was evident to all. See, it's not just their faith that was evident. It was their love. And how did they have that love? Well, it's the Holy Spirit who is within us who gives us that love for other people. So the reality is, is how you know where you are at as a believer. Again, it's not by what you do or who you see or don't see or what you say or don't. It's Faith and now love. Love that what flows out of you. So here's the contradiction. Seen it through the years. People who say they love Jesus and that they believe in Jesus, but they're mean to other people. I mean, downright mean. That can't be possible. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, two things need to be evident in your life. Faith and love. Not just love, oh, I love you, Jesus, but love for the brethren, love for the saints, love for each other. And that's the basics. That's what you and I need to get back to. Why are we saying that? Why is, why is it important for the Colossians to know that? Because the Colossians had people there among them that were wanting them to chase after Jewish mythologies. 
do the festivals and the new moons and, and all of this ritual stuff. And he's telling you the basics of the life of Christ is faith in God, faith in Christ Jesus in God, and love, love for the saints and the brethren. That brings us now to the foundation. You and I need to understand, in order for that faith and that love to exist in our lives, there's this foundation of what is going on in our lives because of salvation. And we see that in verses 5 through 8. So again, let's notice what the apostle says. Let's first of all focus on verse 5. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. Here's the first thing I want you to see. The basis for their love and faith was the hope in that which is to come. The basis for their hope, excuse me, the basis for their faith and love. Remember, those are the two basic things. The basis for those things is their hope. Hope in what? Hope in Jesus. And that Jesus would one day come back for them. See, this is the reality. Jesus didn't just die so that you could have a great life right now. Jesus died so that you could have a future with him forever. And that's what our hope is in. That's what carries you through the difficult times. See, this is when I see so many Christians are struggling with the way the world is right now. Their eyes are not on the hope that they should have in Christ. Their eyes are on the difficult circumstances that they don't have any control over. But your hope needs to be in that which is coming. What is ahead? And while the journey may be rough, and it often is, you have a hope for what lies at the end of the journey when you go to be with Jesus. See, that's the foundation, that, that your love and your faith rests on that hope, that reality. And what is that hope rooted in? Well, that hope is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That hope is rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's what the hope is in. The hope is in the good news of Jesus. That's what the gospel means. The gospel is the word for good news, the good news of Jesus. What good news of Jesus? The reality, again, that the gospel is, is that he came, born of a virgin, lived among us a perfect life, taken wrongfully and crucified, taken upon our sins on him, died, was buried, raised again, giving us eternal life if we have faith and trust in him. That's the gospel, that he did it all for you and I, that we can't do it for ourselves because there's no way for you and I to do it for ourselves. And so the hope that we have for the future rests in the reality of what Jesus Christ did. That's what it's rooted in. It's rooted in the gospel of Jesus. You and I need to understand that. The hope that you and I have for Jesus, the hope that you and I have for the future, the hope that you and I have as we enter into 2021, the hope that you and I have is not based on you. Folks, aren't you glad for that? Your hope is resting on Jesus Christ alone because of what he did for you. 
in satisfying the Father for the penalty of our sin, in giving us a new identity, adopting us as children of God, making precious promises to us that belong to us now. That's where our hope is. That's what it's rooted in. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Look with me at verse 6. Here's what he says. Of which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it, also, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Our salvation is producing spiritual fruit in our lives. Reality, when you come to Jesus and you put your faith, here's what happens. Big word, we don't like it, but here's reality. Change. The Spirit of God changes you. And he produces spiritual fruit in your life. Now, you could say, oh, well, George, I think that's just meaning fruit here talks about leading people to Jesus. Well, that's one aspect of it, but that's not the complete picture. Because the fruit that he produces in our lives because of our hope is what he produces in you personally. In fact, that's what Paul talks about in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, when it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Look at what he says there. It'll be up on your screen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. This is what he's producing in our life. And that production of that, folks began the moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You've got to get back to the reality of the foundation. The foundation is your hope. The foundation is, is that he's producing fruit in your lives. Well, I don't see this change in my life. He's changing you. May not be evident, but here's what he's producing in your life. If you allow the Spirit to do it in your life, he is producing these virtues these character issues, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, he's changing you. And the Spirit is doing that. He is doing that because of our salvation. God doesn't want you to be the same, folks. He wants to change you. He wants to change you. Because he produces change that is forever. We try to change, and we see how difficult that is. Here's the final thing I want you to see about the foundation. We see it in verses 7 and 8. Look at what he says here. As you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who, has, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Now, here's the next thing I want you to see that's the foundation. Remember I told you that the two basic things that you need to see in your life are what? Faith and love. Now, where does that love come from? Well, here it is. The Holy Spirit was the source of their love 
towards others. The Holy Spirit was the source of their love towards others. For you and I to love people as believers, the source of that love is God. God is love. He, through the person of the Holy Spirit, in our lives, overflows us with love towards others. And that's what was evident in their lives, because Epaphras came back, told Paul about their love, and I think it's an interesting phrase, in the Spirit. The evidence of the Spirit's love in their lives. That's what needs to be evident in our lives, the Spirit's love in our lives. Now, how is that possible? Well, I want you to reflect upon Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It'll be up on your screen there for you to look at with me. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the love of God was poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He's the source. Now notice, the, here we are, we have the two basics of what Christianity is about. It's about faith and it's about love. But then there's that foundation. What's the foundation rest on? Hope, hope that comes from the gospel, the reality that the Spirit through salvation is bringing change to our lives. And then the reality is, is that what? That the Spirit of God pours out his love in our lives so that we can love other people. This is the foundation. This is the starting point. There are so many confusing messages out there. You and I know that. This is why it's so important for you and I to know the scripture. So you're saying, okay, George, what do we do with this? Well, I want to give you one concluding thought here. Because as we enter into this series, you've got to make a decision. I've got to make a decision. Because the reality is, folks, if you look at the way a lot of us are going in our Christian lives, and our spiritual lives, it ain't good. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, if we admit that much, it's not good. We, we really are finding our faith to be meaningless. And a lot of that is because we have embraced some lies. And we're going to talk about those lies as we go through this in the coming weeks. We have allowed our faith to diminish. We have embraced falsehoods that has affected us. Subtle falsehoods. And so we have to make a decision. We have to make a decision about what we need to do as believers. So here's what it is. You have to decide to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. Really, that's what's most important. Can I be honest with you? It's not ritualistic Christianity. It's not making sure you have your devotions every day. Well, it's good to have devotions. Devotions are a part of the relationship. But it's not that you have a schedule. You know, I'm, and I could say, okay, I'm going to schedule my time with my wife every day. And show up for that time, but not be engaged in that time. That's meaningless. It's the same thing with devotions. You could schedule your devotions and show up, but be not engaged in the relationship with Christ. Your devotions are meaningless. This is the reality. The reality is, is you and I have to decide 
to get serious about our relationship with Christ. It's not just a simple belief. Do you understand me? It goes beyond that. And when we grasp that, then our whole lives take on new meaning. And then the two things that are the basic things in our life begin to be evident to all. What are those two things? Faith. Our faith becomes evident to all. Why? Because our relationship with Jesus is real. And love. Because our relationship with Jesus is real and we are experiencing the love of Christ in our life through the Holy Spirit, that love then pours out towards others. And that's what's important. And that's where our focus needs to be. So here we are. We're entering into 2021. You're making New Year's resolutions. Actually, here we are on the third day. Some of you have already broken those resolutions. I'm not asking you to make a resolution about your relationship with Jesus. I'm just telling you, it's time for you and I to get serious. To get serious about our relationship with Christ. And that, my friends, is what's most important. Let me pray for you.